We're back. There we go. Yes, there it is. Daniel's yeah. doing the intro from now on. Okay? I, That's I a was, collective effort. I was trying to think of something to say. I had a joke in mind that I thought of last night, but it just slipped away from me. Wait, It'll so come you back. don't remember your joke? No, I don't. That's quite upsetting. It is. You know what is not upsetting? <clears throat> is it something about Jeff Merrick? Because I have been waiting... Five days or four. Patience, young Padawan. We will get there. We will get to this Jeff Merrick snid. But anyway, for those of you who are listening, uh, welcome to On One Podcast. That's what you're listening to. I'm Adam, joined as always by Daniel. And Alex. Yep, I'm still here. Haven't left. I, 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 like, say something. Oh, both, yeah, I thought you were saying both our names. So, so I'm like, you're like, and Daniel, and then there's a pause. <laughs> so like, wait, he's going to say Alex? Nope. Wow, what my, a great start to the I'll show. I'll say my, my own God. Name. Let's just let's go over that again. I'm here with, as always, Alex. Yep. Still And here. the other one. Daniel. Yes. Daniel, how's your Lego Batmobile going, buddy? Great, man. Yeah, wow. made, We're all fun in the box. Ma- made any headway with Star Wars Clone Wars too? Uh, yeah, you know, like what I've gained, or not, for, not the episodes, but the motivation. Oh, <laughs> he's trying to, to continue. Fight go back and watch it. Yes. I don't. I, I'm. 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 I'm rarely lost for words, Damn but I right now. So I guess we can get going here. And I think first I'm going to share my screen with you guys on Skype. Uh, you know, hey, let's say you're listening to this podcast on iTunes and that. Why not switch over to the YouTube channel, listen to it there. In fact, listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Voice Ed, wherever you're listening to it. And then go watch the video as well. So uh, it's a shame uh, because I can't seem to figure out how to screen share. Well, I'm figuring this out, guys. Um, technical you know, difficulties. How are you? Mm-hmm. Good. We have so much. Uh, I, depending on what order you're listening to the episodes that come out today, this is episode one of two. Yeah. So we have a lot to get to, and it is going to be an action-packed episode. If you want maybe some uh, some previews here of what's going to be going on, the first episode we're going to be talking a bit about, you know, so the Akima Lu article from the Players' no, Tribune. we're going to talk about Jeff Merrick first. Let's do this. I kept, you know what, Alex? No, no. I, I appreciate that you want to get to it, but like we gotta think of the listeners for a second. We gotta I, give. I, a I'm thinking of the listeners. I'm thinking of they want to hear what Jeff Merrick. This Jeff Merrick. They I will. Believe, I believe right in now. the Power Hour outline. You know, yeah, exactly. we have to thank go you, by the. Uh, thank you, by, by what's what's written there. Yes. Thank you for backing me up. Can I? I don't know if you guys can see my face because I'm screen sharing. No. For a second, I just had my, my, my hands and my face together because I'm yeah. going insane. Yeah. So if I can finish this, no. we can get to Jeff Merrick. We will. Okay? Yeah. All right. So today's episode, our first one, we're going to be talking about Jeff Merrick for like a minute because I know Alex is going to get upset about me about this. Then we're going to look at the uh, Akeem Alou article that was on the Players' Tribune, um, a heartbreaking read. Uh, Daniel wants to talk to us about some AHL stuff, which I was shocked at because Daniel never adds stuff to the doc. He's more like go with the flow. So I'm excited for this. And then we're going to – the main event of today's episode is you may have heard that the NHLPA voted on something pretty big to do with the 2014 playoff uh, playoff format. We're going to talk about that. 
Just because then there's a lot to unpack there. Re- yeah. The first real bit of news we've had in a while. So, guys, Jeff Merrick, right? You, you see my screen right is now, Is he right? coming on the podcast? Is that what it no. is? No. I wish. There's nothing would make me happier than having Jeff Merrick on this podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, so here's a picture of Jeff Merrick, right? Okay. Here's a picture of Bobby Flay. <laughs> what? Jeff Merrick... Bobby Flay. What? What? Jeff Merrick. What? It looks like Jeff Merrick in 10 years will look like Bobby Flay. No. This is what you made me wait five days for. So, I don't This is what, what you made... Done. This is the worst thing you could have ever done. <laughs> this- <laughs> I was watching the Food Network and it was like this stupid barbecue show, right? And Bobby Flay is on there and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? He looks just like Jeff Merrick. No, if you like out the no, YouTube doesn't. portion of this... Here's a big picture of Jeff Merrick. There's Bobby Flay. No, Jeff he Merrick. Bobby, he does. No, he doesn't. Look at that. That's that's Jeff Merrick in a no. few years. No. Nope. Jeff Merrick. Oh wow, that's a vintage picture of Jeff Merrick. Look <laughs> at that. Wow. The spiked hair. I'm that's so not disappointed. A good... You know what? Let's just move. On. A... I'm so disappointed. Yeah. That's pretty funny. I just thought we'd we'd start with that. Um, but we'll turn it on to a bit more of a serious note. Um, I'm assuming all three of us have read the Akeem Liu article on the Players' Tribune. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay, so um, I guess to begin with that, first of all, Madam, you're how you're is reading... You're I know, I'm going to fix it in a second. How did it make you guys feel reading that article? I'll start with you, Daniel. Um, yeah, like I think when all that stuff came out uh, with like Bill Peters back in the fall... That was a big time, too, for, like, that idea of, like, okay, where are we shifting with hockey's culture? And what I kind of felt that when an article like this came out, it was kind of like an update to, you know, this is something that you just kind of just don't kind of brush under the rug, kind of. It's an ongoing thing. Like, I remember uh, speaking with uh, Parminder Singh. So he's the he was one of the co-creators of Hockey Night in Canada in Punjabi. Mm-hmm. And he kind of talked about, like, he didn't like the Brad Trevling comments on – you know, this is something that, you know, we kind of dealt with, the Bill Peters thing. Now let's go back to hockey. In yeah. a way, it's like, no, this is an ongoing thing for hockey's culture. And, man, to read that, that was really heartbreaking. Um, I knew a lot of the details already, but two things that kind of stuck out to me were he gave us an update with the whole Keandre Miller thing. Yeah. Um, I really, I really, like, I really appreciate Akeem for adding that. And one thing, too, was because I know there was another piece like this before on Sportsnet. Um, a few years back about the whole uh, OHL situation on the Spitfires and uh, he named Steve Downey for like the first time I believe in this this piece of like the captain that bullied him back in uh, Windsor it was definitely I don't know about you guys but Alex to me the part that there was a lot of you know, real tear-jerk and stuff in that article. But the first thing that really got me was when he talked about how he didn't want to partake in the hazing of, you know, taking off his clothes and going with all the other rookies into the bathroom. And he talks about how after that, he was in practice and all of a sudden somebody taps him on his back and he says Steve Downey with his, you know, carbon fiber stick just cross-checks him. And the way he described losing the teeth, the blood flowing all over him. I don't know about you, but that was, I think, when you you get a sense from that line alone of just what kind of article this is going to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of 
I would say there's a lot to unpack in that one article because it's it doesn't seem like, you know, for a lot of what was going on, it seemed like, yes, it, it seemed like a race issue. But I think there's also a hockey culture issue. Yes. Right. So there's the there whole the, there's the hazing incident, which you know we haven't heard much about other than this recently. I could be completely wrong, but you know that is working. It's what it's kind of itself out of hockey, but the whole racism seems to be still in hockey. The reason for that, I think, personally, I think it's a bigger issue than hockey. I think it really is society as a whole because it's still an issue in society and i don't think you can take it out of hockey until you deal with it in society because who are the people within like yes there's the players but there's also the fans right like you look at the keandre miller situation right that was fan related how are you going to say we're going to say we can only have these people be fans of hockey you can say that, but it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really tough to say, hey, you can't be a fan of this team. You know, you know what I mean? Like, how do you enforce something like that? Mm-hmm. I think this the issues, for sure, there's a lot of issues. And I think this year, it's, lit, it's just been, this is what's wrong with hockey culture. And you know we can't tackle it in hockey. I think it's very, it's, there is a thing, there's things that can be done. You know, why – and they talked about it uh, the last S, uh, episode of SD, uh, Steve Dangle podcast. Why is it that we don't hear from the superstars? Why is it that when that when that post was up, it was just – I think I saw one. I saw two. I saw Stephen Johns uh, from Dallas say something and I saw Robin Leonard say something. Mm-hmm. Oh, and or, Ryan Miller. Or retweet it. And who? Ryan Miller. And Ryan Miller. Sorry, I didn't see the Ryan Miller one. Why yeah. isn't it that we see the people that can that have the biggest impact on the game today? Why ha- why don't we ever hear anything from uh, Crosby? Why don't we have hear ever hear anything from McDavid? I'm using think- those two as the biggest examples. And and in my opinion, sorry, uh, just one second. No worries. In, in my opinion, I think it it has everything to do with how hockey players are quote-unquote portrayed they have to have no personality they're not allowed to speak out or it's not that they're not allowed they choose not to speak out because they don't want the backlash but if this was basketball if this was football if this was baseball if this was soccer that wouldn't even be a question yeah the biggest names would be out there talking about this and no one's talking I mean, even Alou makes a point of talking about, like, it, he. it's almost like he wasn't surprised that the big names aren't saying anything because, and I don't want to use the term brainwash, but it's almost like in in hockey culture, you don't draw attention yourself. And I think part of that it is not saying up and saying anything. I mean, yeah, the we talk about Stephen Johns, Robin Leonard. And, I mean, it, it's, it's heartbreaking to see a guy like Evander Kane consistently be the only kind of star player to you know talk about this stuff and no one else hits it's yeah it, it uh, may just to be clear like i'm talking about white star players 
right? Mm-hmm. Like we've heard, like I, PK was on uh, Ray, the Ray and Dregs podcast, and they were talking about it too, uh, just what was going on, and and he had a PK had a different perspective on it, in a way that you know instead like. Yes, all these bad things happen, but, you know, it's certain people. And PK's thing was those, like, those are the people I know not to, to, uh, not to interact with. Those are the people I'm not going to, like, I don't want to be involved with. So he has a different perspective. You know, he's had his own incidents throughout his career. I can imagine uh, Adam can talk would know more about it more in detail about it than I would, but I can guarantee you he's, he's had his own incidents. Oh yeah. PK, PK is times Montreal. There, there have been some things yelled at him when he's been in the penalty box or something. I mean, and then you bring up, you remember stuff like Devontae Smith Pelly and somebody yelling basketball at him. Yeah. And, um, the Akeem stuff. I also remember the, in, in, like talking about like kind of the crap the players get in a lose article, how he puts up all the tweets of you know some of the racial slurs he was getting was damn it was it was something to read um but it, me and alex can only talk about this so much as white dudes so daniel i'd really like to get your perspective because you are a special kind of hockey fan like you fell in like i think the, we've we dedicated the whole episode to talking about the Ducks, mm-hmm. and you have really fallen in love with the league in love with the league and really the cinderella story so and and as yourself being you know, a visible minority. I want to know how this whole saga with Alou and this article made you feel. Um, yeah, it was kind of an interesting thing because I think when you grow up, you always had those uh, ads where it's like hockey is for everyone. And um, yeah, those were like kind of weird ads. They'd have like Richard Park on it, who was like Korean. Um, they had like Dustin Bufflin, I believe, on like a few of them when he was in Atlanta. And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I could probably like growing up like i didn't get like it wasn't really like the the game itself was there for me but i was never really something in like i guess culturally saying like you're gonna play the sport in a way it was kind of a thing where as you grow up and you kind of realize you want to you know pursue sports journalism it is something definitely where people kind of get caught off guard if you want to talk about it like they they're they're more into like oh why aren't you talking about basketball all the time or uh like for me personally, like I've I've been someone that hasn't really kind of like seen this ugly side of it, but it's some. But I know that it it is definitely there. Yeah. And like growing up, especially like at first, I didn't understand why I liked in. I didn't. I, I remember like I liked that whole like team identity thing, but like growing up now, it just that realization like you need that personality and that individualism in sports to kind of like go like yeah we have these guys because it speak out or you know we're more open to them diversity and that's two things that i kind of i still love hockey but something i I kind of find with the nba right now is that you know even like coaches and everything they have female coaches or like along the lines of everything's like there's been there's been like asian general managers there's been like a lot of multiculturalism within it that, you know, it's still a work in progress, but it's something that, you know, it could see like, you know, we're, we're going in this way. Yeah. I don't need, sorry, go ahead. Alex. No, I was just saying, it seems like, you know, uh, I can only talk about it from a least perspective. Cause I know for a fact that, you know, Seattle uh, brings in a couple uh, of women as well. I know Alex Mandricki and I can't remember the other, what, what uh, her name is. Now it's not coming to me, 
but like there's teams who are kind of taking that small step forward. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Leafs bring in Haley Wickenheiser, um, and I think they have a couple other on staff as well. But it seems like prominent positions. It it's they're still that kind of step behind. Um, Mm-hmm. than other leagues like you look at the nfl they have the rooney rule um and that's pretty that's like when you are yeah. hiring a coach or a general manager you have to interview a minority mm-hmm. like even i'm thinking about staff in the nhl and i mean man it took how long just to get outside of you know chl coaches to ncaa coaches guys like david quinn jim montgomery we don't even have European general managers beside Yarmel Kekalainen. Yeah. I don't. I can't yeah. for a black coach in this league. Again, we're just starting to see, like you know, female like scouts and that again in Seattle and that. It's. Yeah. I a thing I really want to ask you guys about is. Alou kind of talked about that, you know, you see the league trying to expand into China, but him talking about growing the game at home. And that I can only think of a few black NHL players. So, Monty Smith, Pelly, Wayne Simmons, yeah. PK Subban. That's it's it's not a lot. It, it shows that like you really are. It's almost like you're overextending yourself here. Because why are you trying to expand to the other side of the ocean yeah. when you're not even growing the game? It's in your 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 home home base in Canada, U.S. Yeah. I kind of feel that too. Like I think I've talked. I, I you know I did it in a joking way, but like I really do follow these guys because growing up, you know that whole Filipino thing with basketball. Uh, for me, like seeing like Matt Dumba being half Filipino or Nick Robertson being half Filipino, and his brother. That's like those have been like big things for me. But it's also an indication too of just like I guess you said as well, like that division of you know like these set minorities of players. Mm-hmm. Alex. Sorry, what was your que- what was your question? Just you know the thought you know looking at how the league are you know looking at expanding to China across the seas all the time stuff you know South Korea when they're not even being able to kind of grow the game at home and you know like, yeah. there aren't a lot of yeah you know I think the first thing like we talked we were talking about uh, literally a couple minutes ago about having minorities within you know, prominent positions within the league, whether that be uh, at the actual NHL or on on teams. I think to start that, you get more minorities in the game. You get them Mm -hmm. playing in the game. So, like, you know, in this is just a hockey thing. A lot of people who are in prominent positions in hockey have played hockey in the past. At some type of professional yeah. level, whether that be junior, uh, college, AHL, NHL, ECHL, whatever that may be, some type of professional hockey, they end up working in hockey. Most of the guys end up working in hockey in some way. So get them into the game. And there's more of a chance. That's a start, right, to get at least there's the base to say, hey, we have all these guys who want to be uh, coaches, who want to be in management, who want to be executives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's at least your base right there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I did have one more thing I wanted to close off with, but it's it slipped through my mind. So do you guys have anything else to say on the Akeem Aloof front? This uh, amazing article, any stuff like that? No, or, uh, I, I don't. How we move on? Okay. Um, for, for me, um, I think it's Brian Burke mentioned this, but this was like way back in the fall a kind of thing where it's that idea that, you know, no matter what level you go into when it comes to hockey and like Akeem Alou kind of mentioned it where it's like, you know, Steve Downey would say these things to him in front of like coaches and management kind of thing. Yet these guys like still find a position somewhere else once this whole thing boils over. It's like that old old boys club, like whatever level of hockey you go to, it's always like that. It's just like a shuffling yep. of chairs. Like the, the pools. Yeah. The pool is so small at every position. Yeah, it, that, it, it, it is. It that's shows the how issue small in hockey. I mm-hmm. think that is by far, I mean, there's, for me, there's two big issues in hockey. Um, like outside of minority, uh, dealing with racism and stuff like that. Within hockey itself, there's, the players have no personality. Most of them have no personality. And the other one is that there's literally a group of men who just rotate in. And we talked about it. We had a meeting yesterday. There was uh, something about Peter Shirelli going to Arizona and the league wanting him to go to Arizona. Sorry, I, that's yeah. not how a league works. That's not how a league works. It's great that – like. If the league wants him to be there, sure, they can have that thought. But to push it, to push to sign him, I, I, I don't think that's how it's supposed to it's supposed to be run. No. It's uh it's it's just that carousel of this guy gets fired he'll go over there. I mean, like Michelle Terry and Alain Vigneault. All ended up back in Philly after they lost their jobs in Montreal, New York, uh, respectively. Yeah, but Dave Hacks talked Vigneault is a little bit different. It still shows that, like, instead of doing these outside hires, I mean, yeah. David Quinn in New York was about, like, oh, NCAA that was coach. Yeah. Right? Mm. No, if you're, a, if you're a good coach, get hired. But someone like Peter Shirelli, who, uh, sure, did he won a cup in Boston and then murdered, Tyler, like, just uh, what the hell was the Tyler Sagan trade? Then goes to Edmonton, get, gets Connor McDavid. And literally makes the playoffs once mm-hmm. with the best player in the world. Okay. Nathan McKinnon's okay. Colorado. No. no. All right. Um, can, so- I, can I tell you something funny? Sorry, before we sure. move on. Yeah. Um, funny you say about Peter Shirelli thing, but the one thing that really did make me laugh was uh, John Ferguson Jr., the guy uh, we all knew him when he was general manager of the Leafs trading. Yeah. True Karask for uh, Andrew Raycroft still find a found a job and it's funny he's the current executive director of player personnel for the Boston Bruins. Of course he is. Man, my favorite Steve Dangle clip of all time was after last year's Game Seven Leafs Bruins elimination video, and he's like, you know how frustrating it is to see. Tuka Rask make a great save. They go to Andrew Raycroft in the studio yeah. and then they cut. In the Bruins box, and John Marcus Jr. is celebrating, and he's just so mad, man. Yeah. It is uh, a small world, and it is, uh, is all that type of fun stuff. Uh, Daniel, though, yeah, you wanted to talk about ta- – sorry. You wanted to talk to us about some AHL stuff. 
What's going on? Yes. So Steve Annis, um, you know, he was a bit of like a, I don't know, mir- not a miracle story. You know, this guy was playing competitive hockey everywhere he went. But uh, it's a guy that he played for, I'm going to probably get this name wrong, Quinnipiac University in Connecticut. Yeah, Quinnipiac. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a guy that, you know, he kind of didn't really like, he's 26, but is the kind of guy that, you know, he was kind of on the cusp of kind of making it for the wild. He has 70 points in 63 games for the Iowa wild in the AHL. He's the leading scorer in the league. And he spoke with, uh, the hockey news on May 18th about, you know, it's kind of unfortunate that, you know, this was a going to be like a milestone season for the, uh, Iowa Wild, you know, they were second in the league. They were going to, you know, go for the championship. And, you know, this was probably going to be something that he kind of felt that would help propel him to find an NHL. Hello, Daniel, you still there? Uh, I thought I kind of. Oh, no, I think we've lost Daniel. Um, Yeah. Boy. I, I guess while we figure out what's wrong with Daniel, I'll just give my little piece on yeah. this guy. It's, it, it seems, you know, he's played four years uh, with Iowa, uh, putting up 28 points, then 61 points, then then last year put up 38 points, and now he's at 70 points. So I don't know necessarily what to think. You know, I, I think he – I wouldn't be surprised if we, he finds a spot with, on um, – Minnesota next year, just because who the hell knows what uh, what Minnesota is like? They are bringing in young guys, um, but it just seems like that's a potential bottom guy depth piece have on your team. Probably, probably resigned with the team, or even if he doesn't resign with the team, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy, if, sorry, if a team picks him up. Like, I'm just throwing this team out there. Like, a team with lots of money. Like, there's two teams in this in that we both know of who have yeah. lots of money and just throw money at AHL players. And I know the Leafs do it for a fact. Yes. Yeah, Montreal and Montreal do love do love doing that. I mean, yeah, he, he could, even if he's not an NHLer, he can easily be a you know, a fantastic piece to help. Maybe like a player coach, right? You never know, like Rich Bloom type of thing. Yeah. Uh, God, I feel Daniel has left the call, so yeah. he, he figured out. He said his internet cut out, so hopefully uh, he'll be back. Hey, you know, I wanna while we're talking about the AHL stuff, it's nice to know that it looks like this season has much, very much been a reminder that the AHL is not a death sentence for players. I mean, Kyle Yamamoto is a big player that Jeff Merrick always brings up as an example of that. Right. It's still a developmental league. Yeah, so, that yeah. that's kind of... Well, it is a developmental league, right? Like, you think about all the players that are there. And, and I think it really... I, I, I'm not a big fan of the... Of, of the CHL rule of if you get drafted and were a player in the CHL when you were drafted and then you have to go back to the CHL. Yeah, depending like you, on yeah. You look at certain players like, like I'm going to use a Leaf Leaf example here. You can probably give a Montreal example too. You know, you look at Nick Robertson, 
who was pretty much goal goal per game uh, this year. You're telling me if he doesn't make the Leafs out of camp, he has to go back to the CHL. Yeah. I don't see I think that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, you talk about Nick Robinson. That's a great example of a player that does, didn't really need to go back to the OHL. Nick Suzuki, I think, is another good example for Montreal. I think he put up about like 190 points in his last two seasons with the Guelph Storm slash, you know, uh, I can't remember his other team he played for in the OHL. God dang it. But it's basically what I'm trying to say is Nick Suzuki was very clearly a player who didn't need to go back for a second. It was with the Owen Sound attack, sorry. He really didn't need to go back for another season in the OHL. I mean, look at how good he was as a rookie and the potential he showed. I think it would have helped him, you know, spend some time in Laval with the old Bouchard. So. Yeah. So, uh, but Daniel, you heard, <laughs> I, sorry. So I searched up, <laughs> I was looking for Nick Suzuki, and I searched up Nick Zucchini. <laughs> Zucchini. And what comes up when you say Nick Zucchini? Nothing. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we had some difficulties, but Daniel, you're now back. And uh, yeah, once again, uh, tell me about Sam and Ass and what's what do you love about this story so much? Oh, what I love this guy is like, you know, he didn't really go to like, you know, like that really well known American university. I'm sure in Connecticut it's well known. Um, but it's a guy like, you know, he's already 26. But the fact is that, you know, he came into the AHL, you know, the Wild the, took a risk on him, you know, it's not a, he kind of like, kind of dominated, I think, here and there. Um, I think I talked about before, like, you know, he has the potential to be a top nine guy right now, but his coach is saying that, you know, he's adjusting to that fourth line role. He could be a grind, a type of grinder that, you know, could come into the lineup now for Minnesota. Yeah. And, you know, he was the kind of guy that he talked about how he was really disappointed that the the you know this momentum that this team had going in um it kind of just ended there and yeah we talked about where uh you know five five foot eight one hundred sixty pound guy reminds us of Tyler Ennis who we've talked about a lot and he's a on Kyle this podcast guy. he's a Kyle Dubas yeah guy. Kyle. that's it right so yeah Do and all... like that yeah sorry go oh sorry um yeah and like again like I said like soft spot for those NCAA guys yeah. that you know they don't get drafted or they're a low pick and they still make it the mm-hmm. only thing that and it's not it's a not a concern it's just a little off-putting for me is that you know he comes into the uh into the AHL puts up 28 points then his second year in the AHL puts up 61 points right pretty good point total mm-hmm. then the year after 38 points and then this year he puts up 70 points yeah. That's the only thing that concerns me, but that's uh, is he consistent or not? Whatever team signs him, it's not like he's being signed to a multi-million dollar deal, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's really it really is a low risk, low risk type contract. Whether that be with the Wild or if that's with another team. Mm-hmm. We when you were gone, Daniel. We it's funny you bring up that um, Sam and Ask could probably be you know fourth line, top line because what the breath that me and Alex were talking about was maybe even like a team like a Montreal, Toronto, a rich team could bring him in to be a very expensive, almost maybe even um, a player coach coach type thing. 
if he wasn't maybe ready for the NHL. So, But it's interesting you talk about him as an NHLer. But regardless, seeing probably what he's turned into as a player, um, mm-hmm. it, it makes me want to ask you, Daniel, what, what do you think of looking at the AHL and you look at a player like you know, Kyler Yamamoto is a player that Jeff Merrick loves talking about in relation to reminding people that the AHL is still a developmental league. It seems like Sam Anas is another great example of that. Mm-hmm. Personally, like I like the emphasis on the AHL because what I kind of see in other leagues are, okay, I'll use like the one extreme is baseball where like even if you're a top draft choice, sometimes you won't they, they won't see you for like three or four years. That's like, I guess like one extreme, but I like that, you know, there's that development uh, aspect to it. But then like you see sometimes with like football or uh, basketball or, I mean, basketball is kind of changing too where they have more emphasis on the G League, where you see a guy that doesn't really come in right away and goes, okay, yeah, go and play in the major, go and play like in the pro league now. It's like, no, let's right. kind of slow things down and see how we could like, you know, integrate this guy fully into the franchise. And I think that's something that has always been there in the NHL. But I think like fans kind of got used to the fact that guys kind of just step in and, you know, dominate. But that's not always the case. Like you look back on even like really high picks and, they still needed time to kind of figure things out. Like I remember, I think one example just, I don't know why it keeps coming to me, but it's Joe Thornton. I think he had like 20 points in his first season or less. Right. Well, you can even, you can even look at this year, Adam, you're muted. Um, you can even look at this year and um, two players right off the bat, Jack Hughes, Capo Caco uh, coming mm-hmm. in. They didn't really have necessarily the strongest of seasons, um, and, and even the year before, uh, you look at Nolan Patrick and Nico Hishier, and, and they're both. Good. I mean, we haven't seen much of Nolan Patrick, but Nico Hishier is a great player, right? Just uh, mm-hmm. earlier this season, signed a contract ex- extension. I think seven years, seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I think you look at certain players like there. There was years in a row where players stepped into the NHL and did spectacular. You look at uh, 2016, Matthews and Line come in and perform. The year before that, McDavid and Eichel come in and perform. Right? So I think there was just this stretch. And yeah, two only two years, but stretch where the, the guys would come in first year. You know, Matthews put up 40 goals. Uh, Line just seemed like a absolute dominant goal scorer the year before that McDavid yeah he got injured but when he was playing looked like an absolute beast and so did Eichel right so mm-hmm. i think that's one thing what what about I think, sorry go no I, oh sorry it just yeah. sorry, sorry. Uh, just no, one sorry. thing i just kind of I, I just think about is um so one thing i i like i just something that's came to me now is the last time a first overall pick was sent down was Eric Johnson in 2006. Right. Um, do you think it's something that the NHL will never do where you'll see like those top guys kind of go into like go back to the junior team or go to the AHL beforehand? I don't think so. Um, I, I think it's fra- I, I think it's frowned upon. I think the right thing to do this year would have been to send Jack Hughes uh, to the AHL. They could have sent him to the AHL, 
right? Because he was uh, USHL, mm-hmm. right? I think that would have been that would have been the right move. Even sending Capo Caco down there for a month, two months, mm-hmm. just to develop, right? And that's what it's there for. It's a developmental league. Yeah, I remember um, that happened with Nino Niederreiter, I believe. He didn't want to mm-hmm. keep going back and forth to Bridgeport, and then the Islanders still kept him on the team, even though like they played him on like the fourth line, and he had like one goal in fifty-five games. Wait, wait, wait. The Islanders. I didn't even know he was an Islander. Yeah, oh, yeah. fifth, fifth really? overall, two thousand ten by the Islanders. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Man, you know the Islanders and developmental uh, issues. That uh, goes together like strawberry and jam. Wait, no, that's that didn't make sense because strawberry jam's a thing. Yeah. Like a nice bit of ice cream on a fudge brownie at the keg. That was equally as bad. But anyway, uh, we'll move on there. I did not think we would get that deep a discussion about Sam and Ass. I will not lie. The seventy-point player. Good for him, though. <laughs> Um, especially when we have, you know, the biggest news of the quarantine to talk about. I'll read you guys a statement here. Pretty big deal. This is from the NHLPA and their statement on return to play format. Quote, the executive board of the NHLPA has authorized further negotiations with the NHL on a 24-team return to play format to determine the winner of the 2020 Stanley Cup, period. Several details remain to be negotiated, and an agreement on the format would still be subject to the parties reaching agreement on all issues relevant to resuming play. What that means, ladies and gentlemen, is we have a lot to figure out. Basically, because of a vote of 29-2, to the NHLPA, the NHL Players Association, have agreed to a 24-team playoff format. And boys, it only took a pandemic, the season shutting down. A 24-team playoff format in which this team is still the last to make it in, even though Buffalo should probably have it. For the first time since 2017, the Habs are back in the playoffs, baby. <laughs> How do we feel? First, first initial reactions, it, it is official. 24 teams. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's 24 teams. I don't know if this bracket is confirmed, though. I think there's still a bunch of things they have to get in line. It, they, they still, nothing has been confirmed when it comes to the top four teams in each division and it comes to seeding there. I think what we, what we do know for sure, it will probably be a bracketed system, no reseeding, yeah. which people are not happy about. Yeah. So my first, my initial reaction is thank God, because hockey is one step closer to coming back. That's my initial reaction. Yes. Daniel? Okay, it's one funny thing um, before I make this more serious uh, statement, but uh, the Ducks don't even make it in this format. It's so funny. (laughs) I guess before we start breaking this down, I will – let's just look at the teams who are not going to make the playoffs here. And it's it's actually – I don't want to laugh, but I kind of want to – so first of all, the Buffalo Sabres don't make it, which is pretty... I'm sorry, Will Kristopoulos. The Sens are not going to make it, which is... I think they're actually okay with that. Especially yeah. with the... They're no. probably definitely going to get a good lottery. They don't feel bad. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, who swept the Habs in their season series. 
God dang it. The New Jersey Devils will not make the playoffs, even though once they, you know, fired their coach and figured out which goalie to play, we're pretty decent. Uh, every team in the Central Division will make it. And in the Pacific, the Anaheim Ducks, the uh, the LA Kings, not the yeah. Anaheim Kings, and the San Jose Sharks, all three Californian teams, yeah. will make the playoffs, guys. So I know we don't, we know that the format is not official, but what will most likely be possible is excluding the top four teams in each conference, which will be the Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Washington Capitals, and the Philadelphia Flyers in the East. And in the West, it's the St. Louis Blues, the Colorado Avalanche, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Dallas Stars. So if we look at each individual kind of series yeah. here, which technically is just a play-in yeah. for the players, be- we'd have Leafs, Blue Jackets, Pittsburgh, Montreal, Mm. Islanders Panthers, which no one is going to watch. Hurricanes Rangers, which I think is the series oh. everyone will watch. Oh. Winnipeg Calgary, which Sportsnet are going to make sure you all watch. The Oilers and Blackhawks, the Canucks in the Wild, and the most disappointing series of the first round, the Predators versus the Arizona Coyotes. Guys. Oh. I love how insane this is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it is actual chaos. It is actual chaos. It, there's so my issue I think my first issue is the reseeding. Mm-hmm. So right now, so let's use um the first seed and the fourth seed. So Montreal Toronto and Columbus play, and whoever wins plays uh, the first seed. So let's say Toronto wins. So mm-hmm. it's Boston. Using what we have now, it's Boston versus Toronto again. Um, great. Then Pittsburgh and Montreal will play, and they'll play the fourth seed, who is Pittsburgh. Uh, who is, sorry, who is Philadelphia. Yeah. Sorry. If Montreal wins, the fourth seed plays the twelfth seed, but the first seed plays the eighth seed. Yes. That makes zero sense to me. <laughs> That's not so how he, it works. What was Pete Blackburn's tweet that even if the Leafs can get past an opponent in the playoffs, they would still technically play the Bruins in the first round? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was which was pretty yeah. funny. Oh, so yeah. funny. So funny. So funny. Yeah. So I, I guess, first of all, did you guys see um, Mike Jackster's tweet? Which one? Uh, how we just kind of how it was Shea Weber saying like obviously we're excited to play and Mike was just saying like oh don't even start <laughs> yeah it's, such a, it's hilarious that every video I've seen about talking about this whoever's been putting it out has purposely put the Habs in the thumbnail because there's just been so much noise around Carey Price and I don't know why well, because he's the guy. If you look at all the teams in that are in the playing round, there is one man who can absolutely turn it on, be on fire. That comes out of nowhere, based on this season, and that is Carey Price. I mean, there is there was also some concern about Patrick Kane because. He is 
arguably one of the best players in no not arguably he's one of the best players in the world did you guys see that so apparently there were reports that chris letang and the penguins were voting no yeah and then they Fried- voted yes yeah so and Elliot friedman's um the exact tweet from letang refutes reports that pittsburgh voted no so yeah. i'm sorry phone is going off that is very very unprofessional my apologies unbelievable unbelievable I'm so sorry. But I, I get, like, if people are going to be upset about, you know, the pause. And I, I know reseeding. Let's see, we'll go to the reseeding first. I would think there's still room to figure that out. Because as they have said, and I think Pierre Lebrun himself actually said that, um, yeah, quote, aside from the bracketing versus reseeding decision, another open issue uh, has to do with the stuff like best of seven, best of five. Yeah. So I think the ability for reseeding is still there. And it, yeah. it does not make sense at all to have a possibility. Mm-hmm. Well, for, first of all, they shouldn't have to like figure out which one of those top four teams are what seed. It should simply be the Bruins are number one. They had 100 points. No one else did. Yeah. And it, it, it's very NHL, the fact that they would somehow still have Leafs Bruins. But, yeah, it does. NHL. Yeah. It's not fair. Oh, it's not, not. It, you know what – my thought process is on them playing a round robin system to determine the seeding. Is my guess is those eight teams, uh, four in the east, four in the west, were concerned about you know the other teams getting to play a series, whether that be best of three, whether that be best of five, or best of seven. That's seven more games. That's three, five, or seven more games that Boston, Tampa, Washington, Philly, Dallas, Vegas, Colorado, and St. Louis have played. Mm-hmm. And that seems like one of the biggest concerns for the players is getting back uh, through training camp and how what, are we going to get back to game fitness, essentially. Yeah. So that's probably why it's done that way. Daniel, where where are you on this? Because I'm realizing me and Alex are doing a lot here. I want to no problem. Here. Yeah, I kind of I kind of agree that too. Like you know, I don't really know where these athletes are gonna be when it comes to like fitness and training camp. I remember I'm referencing back like not a pandemic but a lockout where with the NBA, it took them quite a while, 2013, to really get back to playing condition. And I guess here they're just kind of using like that play in and like that round robin style to kind of really kind of ease them in and just figure out like some kind of format you know this is something that it's going to be debated it's going to be changed around but it's kind of something where you know it's here let's just see how it goes how it develops i think elliot friedman said the same thing too you know we don't know how everything is going to pan out with this if it's set in stone it's it's very much that you know i I, it's safe to say first of all that this is a complete mess of a format. Like, let's be perfectly honest. Again, yeah. the bottom two teams here are the Blackhawks and the Habs. Like, to talk about inconsistent. We're in a system right now that every single central team is making the playoffs. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. you, it's very messy. Yeah, it's. And I was trying to find another another tweet. Remind me before we go to talk to you guys about the Tampa Bay Lightning because there's something very important I want to talk about there. Okay. And, uh, and Ryan Kessler. Yeah. I- I per like I'm fine with them having this format this year. Yeah. 
you know, I understand there's there's a situation going on that's bigger than hockey. Um, how do we adapt to what's going on? Is it safe to play um, and, and things along the line, uh, along those lines? Where are they going to play? I think the bigger issue of the playoff format. I think it was very easy for the for the league to say, okay, let's come up with the playoff format, because yes. their their fallback is, hey, we're going to do a sixteen team playoff format. Yeah, just, just do what we all do instead of points. We'll do points percentage because not everyone's played the same amount of games. I think the biggest issue is how are they going to play uh, and, you know, testing along the lines of testing and where are they going to play? That, I think, is a bigger issue for the league. You know, there was I, I remember we talked about this less than a month ago. The The issue was the draft. Like, that's what was being told. Like, we're like, okay, when are we going to do the draft? We still don't know when we're going to have a draft. Then it became okay. Let's deal with the playoffs, mm-hmm. and but they still have it. It feels like I don't know what the NHL is planning to do. Like I've heard hub cities, I've heard Las Vegas. Like it seems like other leagues. Like let's talk about the league that's they're competing with essentially, and they're in the similar position. The NBA. It's like I just read. Uh, let me pull up. It was from Adrian Wad. I'm. Um, Oh, I'm so sorry. Do you Woj? Know how to s- Woj, that's what we're calling Woj. I, yeah, Woj. I, I'm going to butcher his last name and I feel awful. Now, that there's talks to resume the 1920 season. Uh, and he retweeted saying that there's they're in talks to play at Disney World. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, whichever one. I don't know. World, land, I don't know. Right? So, at least we know that's where they're playing. And that's where they're most likely playing. Like we're talking about having four hub cities. Let's just be let's just be clear. I don't think there's going to be a Canadian hub city. No. That's probably because of Canada's fourteen day quarantine. Yeah, and, and whether like I'm perfectly fine saying, hey, we don't need to have a hub city. Not a big deal. That's the last of really my concerns if, if there's a if Canada has a hub city or not I know Toronto Edmonton and Vancouver were all really pushing to be a hub city especially Edmonton and Vancouver oh um, yeah but you know I think you need to figure out like I think you have two in my if you can do this if you can do this you have two hub cities one for the east one for the west when you get to the finals that's then that's a whole different situation. You have to pick one of the hub cities at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is this is first of all, I, I have two questions I want to ask. First of all, I want to read you this tweet from Radko. It's a, a paraphrase from Radko Gudas of him having some. This is from uh, Twitter user at Habs Chronicle. Great follow, by the way. Radko Gudas with some pointed words from <sighs> the NHL. Gouda says that the league doesn't want players going to the Olympics and risking injury, but is fine. Um, it, but is fine making them risk their lives by playing during a pandemic. The Caps D plays for a contender and is against resuming the season. But first of all, Radko Gouda, there's a lot more to the the, the Olympics than rather than injury. Well, but I think what? that's the biggest thing, though. I think yeah. that's probably the top thing on the list. 
the question I want to ask from that is, is resuming the season and awarding the cup worth it? Oh. If they can do it, they can do it. You look at this is this is what I'm doing right now. I'm looking at look, like right now, Bundesliga has started up. You know, they yes, there have been positive tests leading up to leading up to the start of play. Those players have been quarantined. When they test negative, they will be allowed to play. UFC, you're literally I I I can't think of a more physical sport where you're yeah. up against someone than UFC. Yeah. They're testing everyone. They had one pos three positive tests, one fighter, two cornermen in their first event uh two weeks ago. If you can if you have a plan that says we're gonna test we're gonna do this, this and this. I'm not a scientist. I'm no expert on uh viruses. I don't know how what that plan is. If they if there's a plan that says we can test everyone, keep people in uh, the same vicinity, do uh, multiple tests every other week, antibody tests, whatever they have to do, and they can come back, I don't see why they don't come back because I think there's a lot of economics economics behind them not coming back that could be devastating for i don't know how many years yeah i I feel the same way where if it could be safely done and they kind of use those examples of like what's been working for the other leagues then something can happen but it's kind of something where i don't want them to rush it i don't want them to go we need to have this done now and it's also like it is a lot of players in like one or four hub cities See, this is see, it, it's 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 good that you mentioned that, Daniel, because I quickly, uh, while we we're figuring this out, quickly Google some stuff about the COVID testing in Canada, and I just see this CBC article saying from 19 hours ago, Ontario sees its highest new COVID-19 ca- um, case rise in two weeks. And listen, there's going to be a second wave, right? Like th- this is not even the question. This is going to happen in the fall. So, yes. Hell, there might even like how how confident are we that that the government and the world really knows what they're dealing with with this disease. I'm not 100% on it, but that's discussion for another day. But the biggest concern I would have is you're not just testing players, you're not just testing coaches, right? You're testing management, you're testing equipment staff, and this is just for one leak. And you need to prioritize everyone else before athletes as in like if you bring sporting back it can't be just here's all these tests on the silver platter because that right. more is 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 mm-hmm. just terrible oh for sure but again that's another thing that's another thing along the lines of um can they do it safely can they do it properly now yeah. i think they're testing a lot more in the u.s than they are in canada and they have to. I, I mean, yeah. yes, they obviously they have to. The the they have over three hundred million people. We have thirty eight million people, right? So there's a difference. But uh, you know, if it can be done properly and safely, I don't see why you do. And, and the players are okay with it. You know, we. It seemed like you know we're shifting reasons why you don't want to play. Right, we were talking about we. They talked about uh, about a month ago 
uh, Philip Deneau, Brendan Gallagher were kind of talking about, hey, we don't want to not see our families for three months. That was yeah. kind of the set. That was the idea there. Now Mitch Marner comes out and says, "What happens if someone gets sick and dies?" And Radko Gu says, "says um, What did he say? There something about the Olympics uh, and and um, caring." He was about upset the, that the yeah, were were willing. That are upset about players getting hurt, even though it's not why they don't go to the Olympics. But they are okay with putting players in danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think is and then and then the second last or sorry, the last thing I want to ask you guys about all of this is it's it's always a question people are gonna ask. I'll start with you here, Daniel. Because I know Alex might have a bit I, I feel like me and Alex might have a back and forth here. Daniel, mm-hmm. does this cup count? Oh. Huh. Interesting point because um Okay, so I know this reminds me of something that Shaq said (laughs) when he compared, yeah, when he compared with Tim Duncan, when it was a shortened season, but the Spurs won, and he said Tim Duncan on the Spurs had championships, but one has an asterisk beside it, meaning he only has four real championships. I don't know, like, but personally, I think it counts, like. Are we going to take away the 2013 Blackhawks Cup? But that was a contender. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Did you, your, did you guys watch my video? Yeah. Yeah? Part, yes. of, part of it. Part of it? Okay. Okay. I'll finish it soon. Actually, wait, no, I'll, I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it. Okay, what about you? What about you, Alex? Yes. Does it count? Okay. It count If Montreal and Chicago face... In the final of the cup, and Montreal wins, the cup counts. Okay. If Chicago wins, the cup doesn't count. No, I'm just the cup counts. It <laughs> the cup I counts. agree. <laughs> no, the cup counts. I think no matter what, even if Boston goes and wins it, there's gonna be an asterisk, and you know it was a different playoff format. There was a pandemic. But the cup is a cup, right? Mm-hmm. A cup is a cup. So, yes, it counts, but there's going to be an asterisk. And it's up to you to decide whether that asterisk is positive or negative. For me, I, I, I think, you know what? Or, like, it's a cup. You won the cup. If the Leafs win the cup, I'm not going to come here and tell you, yeah, they won the cup, but... Every other fan base will tell me that because, yeah, they're, gonna do because that. Yeah. they're absolute <laughs> jerks. Um, but they're out to get yeah. us least fans. Yeah, of course they are. Okay, so it, so you have seen my video, so I think you guys know where I stand. Mm-hmm. I am of a very strong opinion that I think it depends on who wins. Because if I yes or no. If I told you guys that the St. Louis Blues are are heavy Stanley Cup contenders, and if they won the cup, if before if a pandemic doesn't happen, would you be surprised? Like they go back to back. Wait, wait, say that yeah. if if they're if the pandemic doesn't happen and it's a normal playoffs, and the St. Louis Blues go back to back, would you question it? No, I wouldn't. But you can't do that. That no, th- these are what no, if no, questions. Yes no, these are what I, I I would not be surprised. But these are what if questions. You can't I, ask a I what have, if question though. 
Alex, I let you explain your reasoning. Okay, go, go. Okay, go, go. Sorry. Okay. Yes or no? If the Bruins won the cup in a normal circumstance, would you question it? No. No. Now, what if it was Winnipeg? A team that could make the playoffs, and you know, Connor Hellebuck gets hot, and they have hot, and they have a great offense. Would I question it? No. Okay. Now, what if all of a sudden, a team that had two eight-game losing streaks and lost four times to Detroit won the Stanley Cup? And this is the team I cheer for. No. I would. I like. Would I be happy? The moment I see Price lift the cup, I'm yeah. going to be happy. But I, I'm going to not – first of all, I wouldn't love it as much because I, I also want – if the Habs are going to win a cup, I want people in the damn arena. I want people cheering, carry, carry. It just – I it doesn't feel the same to me if Montreal or Chicago won. But it's yep. just to me, if the Bruins or the Blues or or, 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 or Colorado won, I'd say, okay, I, get, I, I would believe that. In normal circumstance, they would. But we're not in normal circumstances. That's why I'm saying, yes, this cup, no matter who wins, this cup is going to have an asterisk on it. That That's right. I, I For me, it's just I don't know. It's hard to say, oh, you know. You only pay, played 70 games in the regular season and the playoff format was different. But then you say, oh, the year was 2020. Uh, we haven't done anything since March 13th in Ontario. Then you're like, okay, given the circumstances, that's fine. Like when an eight, when an eight seed, when we had Easter, when we had one to eight, if an eight, when an eight seed won the cup, which I think happened a couple, right? LA was an eight seed. Yeah. Yes. Was that but was that surprising? Probably because they're an eighth seed. But they had the Kings had Kopitar, Dowdy, Quick was yeah. actually good. And then they turned around when they got another fantastic top six forward in Jeff Carter. Right. And I mean also, like something I was just thinking about, man, isn't it hilarious that we we love a sport where where the parody is at a level in the league that a 24th place team, because of the goalie, has yeah. a chance to make a run. I, I love well, it. I like that. That's a, a separate issue. Yeah, I just, uh, I just wanted me. to bring that. But yeah, it, it's incredible in an interesting same, way. Same thing, too. What happens if Elvis Mers Lincolns gets hot and then Pierre Luc Dubois becomes the next Jonathan Taves? Well, of 2010. Columbus literally, like, I think Justin Byrne put out the tweet. He They, they were getting back a whole list of players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, even, like, Penguins fans, Crosby and Malkin are getting rest. How often do they get that? And also, Jake Gensel could be that much closer to coming back. Yeah. Like, the Flyers, Nolan Patrick could have some more time to recover because, you know, obviously with headaches, you never know. But so that's even more chance for them. Um, all of a sudden, now Ilya Mikhaev comes back from his wrist, you know, injury, and has even more time to recover. That's oh, yeah. how Morgan Riley and Cody Cece weren't going to be 100, percent and now they might be a lot closer to it, if not 100. percent So well, Morgan Riley played one game before the pandemic. He played the last game. Did he? Okay. Against Tampa Bay, and he looked pretty darn good. Cody Cece, yeah. I bleh, don't stop. It. Don't stop it. Stop it. Cody Cece, just Cody Cece. Stop it. Stop. I love uh, I love the guy Cody Cece, but the hockey yeah. player not so much. Before oh. we finish the episode, mm-hmm. and I think you guys know my answer to this question, but 
You're looking at this 2014 playoff. Uh, we just listed off the bracket. What is your favorite matchup? Ooh. So, first of all, I'm going to ignore Montreal because I, I'm no, too biased. If you want to pick uh, Montreal. Man, there's two for me because Pittsburgh are such a fun team and Montreal healthy are also a very fun team to watch. But if I have to choose a second one, it's obvious it's easily Carolina and New York yeah. because Carolina are so fun, Svechnikov especially, and then the Rangers and, and, and Timmy Panarin are just so fun. Mm-hmm. Daniel? Oilers and Blackhawks. I don't know. Really? It's like it's a unique mix of like offensive guys where I don't know. I think like yeah, like we talked we just talked about Patrick Kane, one of the best in the world yeah. to go against Dreisaitl and Dreisaitl and McDavid. Um and I don't know, it's like it's just, it's that type of series where you're going to see a bunch of role players step up. So that's the fun thing about it. I love that's, the underdog. That's interesting cuz about it. Adam and I were talking about that series yesterday and I said uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are going to wipe the floor with the Chicago Blackhawks. It's like when Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves aren't on the ice, it's it's yeah. not good. At least like, the Oilers with guys like Atmosiu and Ennis have a bit more depth, and like somehow Neil isn't as good as he was, but he's like fourth liner on the Oilers. Ryan Carpenter is a fourth line winger for the Blackhawks. So it just, it feels like it's a series that whenever the top guy's on the ice, it's probably mm-hmm. going to be terrible to watch. But I like we, me and Alex, like I think the Oilers take it no problem, but like Patrick came back in the playoffs is always. That's always fun. Take two. Yeah. My, so mine is uh, obviously the New York Rangers and Carolina Hurricanes. For some mm-hmm. reason, I can't explain why, but I absolutely love Carolina. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you why. I mean, like, they're fun. Yeah. Okay, they, so uh, this, just quickly, their defense right now is, this is from Daily Faceoff, Joel Edmondson, Jacob Slavin, Hayden Fleury, Brady Shea. Jake Gardner, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. These are the three players they're probably going to get back uh, when they get back when we come back. Dougie Hamilton, Sammy Vatnin, and Brett Pesci. <laughs> they're missing their best defenseman and Sammy Vatnin, another top four defenseman, and they still have a better defense than most other teams. How silly is that? Absolutely silly. Uh, I just want to bring up two more things before we end the show. Uh, First of all, Ryan Kessler needs to not have Twitter. Why? What did he do? I know. That's disgusting. You know the my game that's been going on. So he puts a picture of him like celebrating, and then he puts for the 2020 part. I I don't exactly. It looks like it's his hip mixture. With this giant steel ball in it, and yeah. it is. I want to be careful here because I, I I'd like to stay on Voice Ed um, because they've been so nice as to allow us on their platform. But it is um, he shouldn't get Twitter anymore because that was disgusting. And second of all, yesterday there was a current bid. A lot of teams are doing fundraisers to do COVID stuff. Like the Habs yeah. have had a bunch. Now Tampa Bay have actually been offering are doing a bidding for a 
tryout for a roster spot. The current bid, or last time I saw it, was at 5.22 at 9 p.m., was at $19,000. Guys, if we pitch in. Wow. Alright. Yeah, no. no. If we pitch in, no. Sorry. That, I love that. Man, I just you just feed Stammer one-timers or something the whole time. Like That'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be very fun. <laughs> it's just I don't want to pitch in $20,000. Do you imagine if Imagine if, like, Jonathan Druin just won the bet, and he's like, hey, guys. <laughs> Do I get to play in the playoff format? Ooh. Remember me? Well, I guess that's the end of the first episode. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of good discussions today, I'd say, guys. Um, if you enjoyed all this type of hockey content, wherever you're listening to this, let's say it's iTunes, Spotify, the YouTube channel especially, wherever you can, follow or subscribe or leave a comment, like, review, all this type of stuff. We want to know your thoughts on the 2014 playoffs and all this kind of stuff. The questions we asked, is it worth it? Does it count? We want to know your opinions as well. Um, our next episode will obviously be part two of this where we look at this off-season's UFA and RFA class. Then our next episode of Bizarre Adventures will begin looking at Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Also, Alex, what else should the listeners do? Um, they should go to our Instagram page. They should I most do. definitely follow the Instagram page, like all the posts. You want know leave a comment. Everything. Leave a comment. Throw get a the, comment down there. Get the comment section going. Let's go. Exactly. Uh, and I think, and you know what, the YouTube page. Adam mentioned it. Check out the YouTube page because you can see uh, everyone's beautiful face. And um, oh, thank you. We gotta get that going. And <laughs> and yeah, we gotta get that going. Exactly. Yeah. Daniel, anything to add to the outro bit? This was fun. Remember <laughs> to follow us. Thanks, guys. <laughs> my one last thing. I finally up. I finally uploaded a new video to my channel. Yes, I forgot to mention the video is uh, up. Yeah, I talk about Alex Romanov, Cam Hillis, uh, Andre Markov's retirement, and the 2014 playoff format, and uh, the Habs part of that, especially. So be sure to check that out. And yeah, uh, people, we need to get this channel's YouTube channel going, because that's where the fun's going to be. That's yeah. true. That's true. Special effects. Exactly. Special effects. Woo, fire explosion. Pew, like pew, all the pew, 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 pew. Air horn.